It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. We're going to have an interesting conversation off air here that we're going to share some thoughts with you. Mm, mm, We're hoping to get some of your thoughts in relationship to it this morning in relationship to the Bible and what the Bible teaches. We've got a bunch of text messages to look at. And right now we have the next question for our quiz. All right. Who said he must increase but I must decrease? Very simple question here this morning. Many of you might know the answer to this one. And if you do, 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Of course, you can call that number and get in for the draw. For our prize this week, which is three books, Keywords of the Christian Faith, I Have a Future, and He Comes by Rainda Bruinsma, all about how it is that we relate to Jesus and He relates to us and affects our lives. Lives, but again, that question was: Who said he must increase, but I must decrease? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. All right, so it is time to look at text messages right now, and we have this one coming through from Freco. The best way to clearly show transparency is a pie chart of charity money. How much for administrators and how much for those in need? Are you able to get all that kind of information from Asian Aid? This is one of the reasons why I love Asian Aid as a charity and Mm. why we support them by having them on here once a month to talk about the amazing things that they're doing. Mm. We like to find charities that are doing a good work and that are transparent about how the money is spent. Transparency is one of the greatest tools for trust that there could possibly be in any brand, any charity, any government well, or organization. based Yes. Industry. It is all about trust. And it's that, not about anything else other than trust. And that's right. And that's why we're proponents of people like Asian A, people like Voice of the Martyrs, you know, all these different uh, organizations. ADRA. ADRA charities that are related to the show here because they are incredibly transparent. Yes. The Rolling Jubilee, talking about... Charity, the rolling jubilee, if only all the billionaires of the world did this, what a different world it would be. Mm. And you stop and think about that for a moment. How many how much happier would all those billionaires be mm-hmm. if they if just- they gave me their money? So true, Lyle. Just sorry to put words in your mouth, but I just totally agree. Lawson, you are not the- in need. <laughs> You do not have medical debts. You are not I do in not. Need. I do not. I have. I. Well, I've I, got college debts, no doubt. Yeah, a little bit of that. I've got big time uni debt, bro. But uni debt is one of those things that is designed to be paid off by the work that you do once you get that. That's degree right. I'm Australian. So it's a little I'm bit probably... different. It's different from a from a medical. Yeah, because that just comes out of nowhere. Like yes. I opted into going to university. I deserve right. the debt. Yes. And it's a debt that produces something that will produce income that Uh, you can then use to pay it off. That's right. Whereas when you come to medical debt, that's not producing anything but just keeping you alive. I mean, if you caught cancer tomorrow and went into, you know, half a million dollars worth of medical debt, which could easily happen if you lived in the United States, Mm -hmm. then you are financially ruined for the rest of your life even if you do survive. Mm. Because you know interest and paying that, you know, wow. so this is this is a really great area for people to be getting involved. All right, TikTok, great story. Uh, that is the future of consulting patients. This story proves that you don't necessarily have to visit the doctor personally to receive a proper consultation. Well, we certainly proved that during COVID when they were doing all those phone consults. That's right. Uh, religious liberty in the U.S. The Democrats and the Republican parties. 
The reality is that both parties are under the control of the papacy. Church and state will happen. It doesn't matter if you belong to either party. A Christian nation is Christ in the hearts of the majority of the population, which was the heart of the American Constitution. Ah, there you go. Mm. All right, you want to call it a Christian nation? That is Christ in the hearts of the majority of the population. That's a way of defining it. You do not make it a state-proclaimed thing. Yeah, that's right. Like, if you want a Christian nation, convert everybody. Problem as, solved. As soon as you legislate conversion, then there is no conversion. Yeah, that's essentially what we're saying. This is a really good point. I mm. like this. This is a this is a, a new way of looking at it for me. I really like this this idea that if you want a Christian nation, don't do that through legislation. Mm. Do it through missionary endeavor. That's right. Be, be a missionary. <laughs> Share Jesus with people. Like your God given role as a Christian. Yep. Yeah. Giving freedom of religion to all its people. Uh, the Jesuits have taken it to mean something completely different. Now they demand completely the opposite, ruled by church and state, which is, in fact, Catholicism. And, you know, people might say, oh, that's pretty rough. You know, what's he mm-hmm. saying right there? Okay, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Is there a union of church and state? Is there any nation that is more perfectly united with church and state than, say, Iran and the Vatican? Uh, no, like, and particularly, particularly like, the Vatican, the, especially the Vatican. It is literally a church that is a state. Like Iran because is a Iran country. Does, Iran does does recognize three other religions: Judaism, Christianity, and Zoroastrianism. That's right. Iran is a country that has embraced Islam. It's ruled by clerics. That's right. So it's very similar. Yeah, but the Vatican is literally a church state. And if you want to know what that looks like, I mean, the Vatican is, what, 200-some acres, so you're not going to see a whole lot of persecution taking in taking place in a country <laughs> that is that small. Yeah. But just go back a little bit in history to when the Vatican was more than 200 acres and you'll see what it looks like. It doesn't look any different. In fact, it looks a whole lot worse than Iran. Mm. Wow. Uh, let me see here. It didn't happen overnight, but it will. Out of uh, nine Supreme Court judges in the US today, six are Catholic and they decide what the Constitution means. Say mm. no more. Mm. And then finally, a text message says, I love Asian Aid. Great work. Mm. So, praise God. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Asian Aid this morning. If you are looking for a good charity to support that is doing a fantastic... You know, I think that everybody should have a local charity and an international charity. Mm. Support something local. It's always good to support something local. You know, your neighbours and your so, so forth, they get flooded or they get fires, whatever. We have those issues in Australia. We should support a local charity and we should also have an international one that we support. I think that's just a healthy thing to do mm. for any human being. Agree. Okay, so those are our text messages. That's what you had to say. Now let's talk about what we had to say. Yeah. We had an interesting discussion and I'm like, I want to know what our listeners have to say about this. <laughs> for sure. Essentially, this, so this started a, a Facebook comment. That's right. I, I've, I'm part of a number of different groups on Facebook and whatnot. I, I don't engage with Facebook a lot, but I'm part of a number of different groups that, uh, yeah, different like Christian groups that talk about Christian things and maybe like even like false teachers and, and stuff like that. Uh, not exclusively in the denomination that I'm a part of, people from different de- denominations kind of share. And, and it's actually interesting because you can see opinions from the other side of what a particular person thinks is incorrect teaching and what correct teaching is, and then you can reflect on what you believe and whatnot. Uh, but someone had shared a post onto one of these pages that was a quote 
from a reverend. So a reverend had posted this on Facebook saying, like, for your information, God is not religious. And, you know, just just drop that. And someone had shared it and they were expressing their opinion on it. And then I asked Lyle, I'm like, hey, what do you think about that? You know, FYI, Lyle, God is not religious. What, What do you reckon, Lyle? Okay, so this is this is a reverend here who's just trying to position himself as being some super cool, trendy, spiritual person uh, who's never actually looked up the word religion in the dictionary to see what it means. <laughs> yeah. So that took me all of about 30 milliseconds to type that into the computer. Religion, death. Yeah. The belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power especially a personal God or gods. So the question here then is, does God believe in believing in him, worshipping him, and being a personal God? The answer is yes. That is the definition. That is the primary definition of religion. And so if God is not religious, what are you actually saying right now (laughs) other than trying to appear trendy? That's right. and This is ridiculous. This is people who are trying to... uh, (laughs) redefine words so that they can mm-hmm. just be somehow cool. That's right. And I think what he, uh, this person's actually probably trying to get at is the idea that, oh, God isn't about the ceremony. God isn't about this, that, or the other. God, God is, is about, about the, the relationship. Because the secondary definition, that's the primary definition of religion, the secondary definition is this. A particular system of faith and worship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would I would comment on it this way. God is not about a... No, God is about a particular system of faith and worship because he defines it in the Bible. It's as mm-hmm. simple as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I like to be religious. I'm spiritual but not religious. What does that actually mean? Mm. You know, particularly from a Christian perspective, you take away systems out of religion. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm just going to come back. I'm going to talk about this more in just a moment because we've got this little thing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. See, it's a little thing. I told you it was a little thing. <laughs> we're, like, just, we're just laughing at life. I was just so saying that's, the that's timer the came down. Idea was, right yeah, there. It's like, oh, what's happening? The little thing. It's the little thing. <laughs> okay, so, so, so here's, the, here's, the, here's the issue. <laughs> All right, you take away you take away organization mm. because people are like oh I, I like to be spiritual but I don't want to have anything to do with an organization. So you're going to do away with all of the faith based hospitals. You're going to mm. do away with all of the faith based uh, charities. You're going to do away with all of the faith faith based education. So people that are people that are helping people all around the world, none of those are going to exist without an organization. You're going to do away with all missionary endeavor because how do you send missionaries to various parts of the world where they do not know about Jesus if you do away with the organization? Mm. Christianity does not exist without the organization and Jesus was a massive supporter of the organization even when the organization was quite corrupt. Mm. Jesus was somebody, the Bible says, who went to church, went to the synagogue every Sabbath day, and he worshipped there Mm. in the synagogue. He read the Bible in the synagogue. He taught in the synagogue. Mm. It's what the Bible says in the plainest possible language. The whole system, a, a religion that has a system and has an organization was invented by God. God invented, you know, God gave the Levites 
Yeah. The role yeah, yeah, of yeah. having cities of refuge, of being the teachers and the preachers throughout the empire, of taking care of the social needs of everybody within the nation. This is an organization. You can't be a Christian and be against organization. That's right. The reality is, is that God went to extensive lengths to create organization and create religion. Like 100% and to be religious. And then furthermore, like you just come to the Bible and and read a verse like, you know, pure and undefiled religion is this, serving the orphans and the widows. Like, so even the Bible there uses the word like religion to define how it is that the followers, his followers would follow him. But then the thought is like, okay, that word religion that it uses that maybe we've translated it through a modern lens as religion. And and this guy, this reverend who rejects the idea of ceremony and religion, it's like, like maybe again, it's just, the relationship but this is like i'm just reading from an interlinear bible so it's where it's got the the greek comparison of the words uh the word used for religion there i have here it's the word uh threskia which is from the word, let's see, threskos. I learned Greek next next semester. Okay, so, so you're I'm, in Hebrew at the I, moment. I'm in Hebrew, so Greek isn't really my forte. But that word threskos means ceremonial observance. So pure and undefiled ceremonial observance before God is to serve the orphans and the widows. So what this is essentially saying is the outcome of the ceremonial systems that God set up and and by ceremonial systems I want to put the caveat there the ones that are applicable to us today as Christians because we know that well even though those that were applicable before Jesus Christ dies on the cross there's no need for sacrifice anymore there's no 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 need for um, many of the ceremonies that were related to that. But then, with even within the Ten Commandments, there's ceremony, the, the Sabbath. The Sabbath day yes, is absolutely. a morally legislated ceremony for a time for us to worship God. Yeah. It was set up for the purpose to be to lead people to a relationship with Christ. That's right. So to say, ah, oh, we don't need the religion. We just need the relationship. I really feel like comes from a perspective and a point of view where either you are not in need enough or like you don't, you, you believe that you don't need help or furthermore, you just don't want to help other people. Okay. So if you're going to say, it's just, I want to just hone in on what Lawson just said, because that's today's profundity right there, okay? (laughs) If you're going to say that God is not religious, Uh then you are so privileged, you feel you have no need. That's right. You are incredibly privileged. That's what it is. And not only that, you are so privileged, you feel you don't need to provide for anyone's needs. That's right. You could own, to come to that conclusion, you could only be looking at the world through a lens that people don't have needs that you can meet as a Christian to lead them to Christ. We have a an epic quote, Christ method alone. No, Jesus, he gave his sympathy to the people. He met their needs and then he bade them follow me. There's a little bit of a paraphrase. I'm just shortening a little bit. But it was Jesus who was going around through the lens of religion, meeting the needs of people. Okay, so I've taken the opportunity to have a bit of a rant on this one, or both Lawson and I, and Lawson was sharing some really good thoughts on it, and I I love that concluding (laughs) thought that he just shared right there. And I'm like, we need to share this because Mm. 
I know that you're going to be bombarded with this as a Christian from time to time. It's going to be all over social media. It's going to be in lots of different places where people just try and bring these pious-sounding arguments. And it sounds so good. Oh, it's all about the relationship, not the religion. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that, that sounds great. No, it's about both. Mm. You can't have one without the other. That's right. It's, it's, that's, both are combined. That's what I would say. Religion enables relationship. Yes. That's that's why... True religion. Okay, yes. I, like, I'll give you a perfect example. This weekend, we're having a church camp. It's going to be amazing. We're getting together... Which you would not have if you did not have a church organization. That's right. And the whole purpose of it is to invite all of our friends from uni. I'm part of a university church. All of our friends. And I, I was organizing the different groups last night. We've got people from literally all over the world who are studying at Newcastle Uni, Yes, coming to our church camp. Christians, Muslims, non-Christian, secular. You know, look, if you're really keen to come, let, I like camping. let me know. It's actually a bit glamping. We've got cabins and whatnot. Uh, but oh, forget that. essentially what we see there is, yeah, the church organization enabled a, a religious camp that creates an environment in which people can learn about and have a relationship with Jesus. Yes. So, yeah. All right, let me... Uh, okay, so my phone has just been sitting here buzzing on this one. <laughs> I don't even know what the text messages are that has come in. So mm-hmm. we'll jump over there and have a look and see what they say. Mm-hmm. God is love. Yes, he is religious according to the definition of religion. If you don't love him and follow his teaching, you don't even know what love means. Mm-hmm. He demands worship from those who love him, and he has every right to do so. Yeah, yes. Because he created you and he died for you. Amen. Okay, then we've got uh, this one coming through from Sky. Sorry, Lyle, you are getting bombarded by Facebook things. Some people ask questions just for attention. They just want to stir the pot for selfish intentions to be looked at. They don't want the answer. That's true. So true. Actually, there's a there's a saying. You know, you know, people say there's no such thing as a dumb question. Mm-hmm. There is such thing as a dumb question. Okay. A dumb question is a question that you ask and you don't care about what the answer is. That's a dumb question. And that's, you know, I feel like a lot of people are in that mode sometimes. Particularly on social media. Mm. Braden says, well, if you define religion as the organization corrupted by years of sin, then would God be part of these organizations? Well, the Jewish nation and religion was corrupt pretty much to its core, and Jesus was all for the Jewish religion. Mm. Though he was outspoken about their errors in the hopes of convicting their hearts to change. Mm. Just... Text message of the day there, Braden. You get it today. That's amazing. Yeah, that's actually that sums a, it up so well. That's a real nailed it. Can we can we, that the, can we just focus on that for a little bit? Sure. Because there are there are a large proportion of Christians who would say that when Jesus died on the cross, he was doing away with the Jewish religion. No, that didn't happen that, until three and a half years later. That is untrue. That's right. And you know how we know that that fact is because the first people who the Christians evangelized to exclusively yes. were the Jews. That's right. God had a plan for, years. for the Jews yes. to be the beacon that they were yes. to the world. But they rejected their call. That's right. Therefore, the gospel went out. The gospel went to the Gentiles. That's right. So for the first three and a half years of the history of Christianity, it was exclusively, as you say, just for the Jewish people. That's right. And Christianity, even for the first, you know, in the first century, it was seen as a version of Judaism. 
That's right. And if we go to the book of Isaiah, it's very clear, like, because then you think, oh, if it's just a Jewish thing, what, do you have to be genetically Jewish to participate in God's people still after Jesus dies? It's very clear. You go to the book of Isaiah where it talks about the Jews calling Gentiles to be priests. That's the prophecy that's given, God reaching out all over the world to call those to true worship. The vehicle for that could have been the Jewish nation, but because of their rejection of Christ, it went to the greater world, the Gentiles, the Christians. That was a good rant. Good times. I enjoyed it. Oh, we've fast ran out of time. We've got another 10 minutes for our Bible study that will be right. coming up after the next song. We've but. only got about 10 verses to cover. Nine verses. Ten, ten, Nine, ten verses. Piece a of verse a minute, verse Lyle. I don't know. Did you ever see? We didn't even look at verses now. We've just been talking and we've been here for 20 minutes. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. And Lawson is about to bring you a question for the quiz. Fill in the blank. But without faith, it is impossible to... Blank him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, but without faith it is possible to please to <laughs> did 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 uh did did you just did you just start to give away some of the answer there, Lawson? I think I just I just gave it away. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, these ones are so tough. They are. There's so always tough. like we know we know these verses. They're they're famous. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Producer Shell, can you come up with another one for us? Actually, real quick? no, no. Let me let me just, just read it again and let people text in the answer. All right. If uh, they heard it, they heard it. But without uh-huh. faith, it is impossible to blank. Him. 0491 is the number to call. this morning. Or text. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's the number Kiss to name in the hat. The number to call or text if you know the answer. And if you do, you will go into the draw. 0491 Okay, first under chapter 4, verse 7 to 16 is where we're going to look at these nine verses right now. So let's mm. see if we can do. Well, there's less than a verse a minute now. Mm hmm. We've only got seven minutes to do, all, to do nine verses. Let's see if we can get through them. All right. First John chapter four. Start with, just start with verse seven. We're doing one verse at a time. How about that? <laughs> sure. First John chapter four and verse seven. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Done. Okay. It's self-explanatory. Pretty straightforward. Do you need to know anything more about that? Yeah. If, if you love God, you're his child. And you'll love each other. That's right. Okay, next verse. But anyone who does not love, does not love, does not know God, for God is love. Okay, we've done that one as well. Yeah, yeah, we looked at that yesterday. All well, right. well, but, you know, very simply, no, it's just self-explanatory. Yeah. This is what I love about John. The guy yeah. was a fisherman. Yeah. And he just writes stuff down really black and white, very, very simple, Mm. super easy to understand. There's no deep theological twists and turns like you'll get in the book of Romans. It's Mm. just like, let me state it how it is. Yep. Next verse. It continues on. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. Got it. Yep. 
Yep. Next like, verse. Yep. Jesus sacrificed we're gonna his do life. This, we're going to do this in two minutes. Okay. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I think we understand that one too. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it. That Jesus, makes sense. Jesus loved us so much. He died for us. That's right. You know, this goes right along with another of John's famous verses. First John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's kind of cringe misquote there, Lyle. Did I misquote? You said First John 3.16. Yikes. First John 3.16 is pretty good as well. Yeah. It continues on, though. It says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Okay, so God is love, mm-hmm. God loves us, God died for us because he loves us. Mm-hmm. We are loved, mm-hmm. so we should love others. Yep. That's our passage so far. Let's keep going. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to a full expression in us. Okay, so people would rather see a Christian than hear a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's another way of saying that, isn't it? No one has ever seen God, mm-hmm. but if we love others then they get to see what God is like Mm -hmm. in us. Yes. A little bit more detail on that one. Mm -hmm, Definitely. We could probably spend a little bit more time delving into that. What's our next verse? What are we up to? 13. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Okay. So God is love. Mm -hmm. God loves us Uh because he loves us. He died for us. Mm -hmm. Because we are loved, we should love others. When we love others, others can see God in us, mm. and we are able to do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. All right. We've summarized it so far. Next verse. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and testified that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Okay. So John is an eyewitness. That's right. John was there. Mm-hmm. He saw it. Mm. The whole thing. From and, beginning to end. And he's writing to a bunch of people who didn't see it, as well as potentially other people who did see it. Who were That's around. right. Yep. Uh, it continues on. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. Is that the last verse? I think that's verse 15. Oh, verse 15. Yeah. Okay. It's important to confess mm-hmm. that Jesus is God. That's actually a crucial point. It's like, okay, as a person who doesn't follow God, do you still have the ability to potentially do loving things? Yes. And the answer is yes. Of course. But does that mean then that you are following God? No. No. And so he says clearly here, it's like, oh, how do we know those who are in God? They both love each other. Love, yeah. And they confess confess. Jesus Christ. If you take either one of those things away from the, the equation, someone who confesses without loving or someone who loves without confessing. Not a Christian. Not a Christian. That's right. He's on, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live love, sorry, all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Okay, we've got two minutes to spare. What are we going to do for the next two minutes? I mean, that was pretty, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Don't you love John? Yeah. Okay, so let's go through it. Uh, God is love. Yes. God loves us. Yes. Because God loves us, God died for us. Yes. We are loved. Mm -hmm. Because we are loved, we should love each other. Mm -hmm. We are able to love each other. When we love each other, the world can see that we are followers of God. Mm -hmm. We are able to love each other. 
because the Holy Spirit enables us to love each other, mm-hmm. is not just about loving each other. It's also about telling people that that love comes from Jesus. That's right. And how did we finish that bit, that last verse? Uh, and then it just goes on to say, we know how much God loves us when we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Okay, so we've just summarized Christianity. <clears throat> yep. Done, finished, over. Yeah. Uh, program is finished. We can all go home. I think that I think that, that actually speaks to what we were ranting about before, definitely. It's like... One of our texters actually pointed out the fact that this speaks to what we were ranting about. Yeah, that's right. It's essentially, oh, how do we summarize the Christian religion? Oh, we recognize that God is love. He gave his life for us. Therefore, we worship him, love others, confess him publicly. Yeah. That's what the religion is. So this is what Raphael sent through, and I read this a minute ago. But God is love. Yes, he is religious according to the definition of religion. If you don't love him and follow his teaching, you don't even know what love means. Mm. He demands worship from those who love him. I think uh, I think Raphael's been studying twenty million movement Bible study before we got to it because he just <laughs> summarised our whole Bible study right there. Uh, a couple of other text messages here: the Jewish nation was destroyed because they rejected the true meaning of their religion, mm. which was all about Jesus. That's right. True Christianity today is a continuation of the Jewish faith, plus the good news, which is Christ crucified and raised from the dead, which the Jews rejected. That's sacrificial right. offering came to an end on the cross. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then no one has seen God, the Father, but I have seen his Son. This is how we know the love of the Father. And that's a really good point right there because if you go over to where it is, John 14, where Philip's like, well, show us the Father. We've never seen the Father. And Jesus is like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. And so it should be for us that if people have seen us, they've seen Jesus Christ. Mm. That's our aim. That's our goal as Christians. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Yeah, with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson, we are about to have question of the day. And we're also going to have some answers to some quiz questions. Let's have them. All right, answers to the quiz. After Sarah died, it was Keturah who was Abraham's wife. Where did Jacob dream of the ladder that reached heaven? It was in Bethel slash Luz. One of the men who walked in with Jesus, who walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, was named Cleopas, who said he must increase, but I must decrease. It was John the Baptist. And finally, fill in the blank. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. I kind of gave away the answer partially. That's a freebie for you. That's we right. wanted everybody's name in the hat this morning. If you didn't get your name in the hat on that one, you weren't listening close enough. But hey, congratulations to everyone who answered the quiz correctly and got your answers in for the prize this week. But right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, Paula asks, were the angels made immortal? Therefore, Satan couldn't be killed, but only defeated on the cross. And why does he go to hell for a thousand years? That's a really good question. The answer to that question is no, the, the, the angels were all, are all mortal. The word mortal means subject to death. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that angels cannot have eternal life. That does not mean that we cannot have eternal life because we are mortal human beings. Uh, the Bible says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 to 17. Let me read it for you. Uh, the Bible says, Which in his times he will show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only has immortality. Mm. 
God is the only one who has natural immortality. In other words, he cannot die. Mm. A human being can die. God cannot die. An angel can die. So God, the Bible says God is the one, the only one who has immortality, living in light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honour and power everlasting. Amen. Mm. Okay, so that's what the Bible says right there. So what does it say about in relationship to Satan? Yes, the Bible does say that Satan will be in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And it's interesting to notice what happens at the end of that thousand years. Okay, so if we go to the end of that thousand years, the Bible talks about Satan gathering the wicked together who have been resurrected in the second resurrection. You find that uh, in verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be set free out of his prison, out of the bottomless pit. He will go out to deceive the nations in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Mm. What does the Bible say that the fire will do with Satan? It will devour him. Another passage on that is from Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 18. And here the Bible says this, You, Satan, Lucifer, have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It will devour you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all those that behold you. So the Bible is very, very clear in relationship to angels and Satan in particular, because Satan is an angel, that angels do not have natural immortality, that they are subject to death, and moreover that Satan and his angels will be devoured in the fire at the end of the thousand years. They will be devoured in hellfire. Some people get a bit confused over the word that, that word devour, and I know I've said this before, but some people think the word devour means preserve. Mm. No, it doesn't mean preserve. It means devour. Mm. Uh, if you are confused over what the word means, then you are welcome to bake me an apple pie. Invite me over. I will publicly demonstrate <laughs> what the word devour means. You going to come, Lawson? Uh, as long as it's vegan. Okay, as long as it's vegan. Oh, there you go, right. So as yeah. long as it's vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. So let's, let's have a vegan apple pie together and you will see that the word devour means devour, not preserve. That pie will not be preserved in our presence. Mm. And just in case you were wondering whether it might, then Ezekiel comes through and says, no, nah, actually it's not, doesn't mean preserve, because they're going to be turned to ash. Mm. That's pretty clear. Bible is abundantly clear on this subject. Fantastic stuff. As you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.